I'm going to pray, then I'm going to share about uh, a little bit what we did over the trip, um, a little bit more in depth. I'm going to, we'll go through all, all the meetings, um, because we need to catch you guys up so that I can do the final sort of talk this morning. Um, so yeah, I'll pray, and then we'll jump through these quickly. Uh, um, let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you for the opportunity that we had this week to take the youth away. Lord, we pray that um, this morning as I speak that, um, yeah, you'll just continue moving as you were, uh, as we were away, Lord. That you did some amazing things when, when we were um, on our trip. And we just pray that you'll bring them here this, uh, this morning as well. Lord. We pray for a greater uh, and deeper um, revelation of who you are. Amen. So, as we've just heard, we went away this week. We went over to Northampton to, um, how, how big was the place? 122 acres. Um, and uh, we were there for Wednesday. Oh, we got there Wednesday evening. Some of us got there a little bit later than others because they took a wrong turn. Um, <laughs> sorry, when I talk, I, I, I make a few jokes, so get used to it. <laughs> we had an amazing time. We had four meetings, at, oh, five meetings. We had four talks. I discovered I have no bladder when I get up to speak. So I made sure I went before we finished the worship to make sure that I can get through all of this. Um, on Friday, we had an incident where um, the, it, got so, <laughs> it got so bad that I actually forgot sections of my talk. Um, and... Uh, only, uh, so I forgot two sections, only one of them came back to me. I mentioned that it was funny. Yeah, we, uh, I mentioned that the first one that I forgot was really funny, and I forgot to mention that I forgot the second one. So when I said what I'd forgotten, they all thought it was, they were all waiting for the punchline. And the punchline never came, because the second one wasn't funny. <laughs> so we spent our trip having a lot of fun, uh, laughter, mostly at the leaders rather than with the leaders. But the theme of the trip was being together with God and walking our relationship with him. We had two talks on sort of what that looks like and, and who God is looking for, which I'll get to in a moment. But we had Thursday about how can we get closer to God and what are things that we could look at doing in our lives to make that relationship more full. Because sometimes we're the ones... Or, I say sometimes, I mean always. It's always us that puts the blocks in the way with God. It's not God putting a block between us, because God always wanted us to be with him. Thursday as well, we applied this practically. And this morning, we're going to look at what happens when we pursue that relationship with God further and further. What happens when we spend time reading our Bibles? What happens when we spend time praying to God? So let's start at Wednesday. So Wednesday night, it was me that spoke, and we looked at the fact that God always wanted a relationship with us. He created humans. If he didn't want a relationship with us, he would have left us out. It's quite as simple as that, but he didn't. And he actually loved us so, so much. In Genesis, we see that God actually was coming down to the garden to walk with Adam in the garden. If you're looking for the verse, it's in Genesis 3.8. 
in the garden, he comes down to spend time with Adam, to walk with him in the garden. But as we all know, things didn't work out quite as uh, originally when you open the book and you're hoping, oh, this is going to be a great book. And then it maybe doesn't pan out quite as we are expecting. But God never wanted that separation to stay. And as soon as this, um, Adam and Eve ate from the tree, a plan was put in motion because God never wanted there to be us and him. He wanted it to be together. Thursday morning, we spoke about why we should pursue a relationship with God and that God is accessible to everyone. Jesus came down and he called, yes, he called his 12 disciples. Uh, Our guest speaker, Neil Godding, um, a good friend of mine, he spoke and used the example of Matthew. We're very often quick to jump to uh, the fishermen, that God called the fishermen, who would have been people who had been out on the, on the sea. And, and you know, um, he made the point that actually fishermen, they would have had a job to go back to when Jesus left. They could have gone back. They could have, packed, uh, they could have reloaded their boat and gone out back onto the water to catch fish. But he used the example of Matthew, who was a tax collector. If you're in, you're in. And you're in it for life if you're a tax collector in those times. And he, followed, he decided to follow God. He decided to follow Jesus. That was it. He used the example of Matthew took the pen from his old job and took it into his new job. He was a record keeper for the Romans looking after the money, but now he was a record keeper for the amazing things Jesus was going to do. Thursday afternoon, we had a session where we started to apply these practically. We started looking, and it's going to be a question I'm going to ask you guys later on. But we looked at, how do we apply this practically? Where am I now with my relationship with God? And where do I want to be tomorrow? Where do I want to be next week? Where do I want to be in five weeks' time? Where do I want to be in a year's time? When I come to the end of my life, where do I want to be with my walk with God? And then Thursday night, we spoke about an octopus. (laughs) So I've not heard this story told uh, in the mouth of the storyteller, but I'm going to attempt it. Are you ready? Here we go. So, a man one day walks into a pet store. I'm waiting for the youth to go, oh, this is really, stop now. <laughs> so, one day a man walks into a pet store, doesn't know what pet he wants, so walks up to the counter and goes, I would like a pet, please. And the guy at the pet store said, anything specific? And the man goes, no, no, um, just something unique, something different. So the man goes back into his room, picks up a box, puts it on the counter and goes, here you go, have this. It's an octopus. And just as the man's going to pick it up, he puts his hand down on it and goes, one rule, do not let it out of the box. Keep it in the box. At all costs, keep it in the box. I was waiting for them to go, it's not a real octopus, but it turns out it is a real octopus. So he picks it up, walks it home very carefully, has crossed a few rows, and he gets there fine, he puts it under his arm, opens the door, and gets in, he's like, I'm home now, it's all fine, and trips. Smash! Box breaks. What's he going to do now? The octopus is stuck to the floor. So he's like, what do I do? What do I do? So he goes... Tries to pick it up. 
Can't get it up. Can't get it up. Tries again. <laughs> no, it's still there. Still there. Still put. It's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Goes out to the shed, gets a shovel. Shovel's <laughs> No, it's not moving anywhere. It's not, it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. So he decides, you know what? I'll try that trick where you put the fairy, fairy liquid and you try and push it along and loose it its grip and we'll, put, we'll pick it up then. So he, does, he tries it. No, nothing happens. He's like, I'm stuck. I have no clue what I need to do. Phones up the guy from the pet store and goes, hi, yeah, it's the guy who bought the octopus. And he goes, you've let it out of the box, haven't you? Because, yeah, I've let it out of the box, and it's stuck. I don't know what to do. Tell me your address, and I'll, and I'll come over, and I'll sort the problem out for you. And he goes, arrives, this guy arrives at the, at the house and goes, ah, I can see your problem. The octopus is there. Yeah, you've let him out of the box. Um, did you trip on the carpet? Yeah, I did. It's smashed. Okay. Uh, do you have a shovel? A shovel? I've tried it. I've already tried it. Why am I going to try again? <laughs> Gives the pet store owner the shovel, he goes, trust me, you haven't tried this. So the guy's there, looking at the, the pet store owners, looking at the octopus, dead in the eyes. Walks up to it and goes, bang! And then the, the octopus goes, ow! So the, the pet store owner picks him up and puts him in the new container. So you're probably going... Joe, what was that about? <laughs> the point of that story... So, uh, <laughs> The point of that story is sometimes we try and do things in our own strength. Sometimes we will do things that seem ridiculous and it just won't work. Sometimes we try things that seem perfect and they don't work. But we need to lean into God. Sometimes we need to go back to the place where the strength comes from. And trust in that strength and that wisdom and that knowledge on some situations. Does that make sense? Friday morning, we discovered how far Jacob would go for a can of fizzy drink. If you're wondering, he was willing to drink through five pairs of socks to get this fizzy drink. <laughs> Dirty socks. <laughs> Yeah, mine and Noah's, and we'd both been out at least three times the day before in the wet and cold. Don't worry, he didn't actually drink it. We stopped him before we got there. <laughs> but we looked at how far Jesus would go for you. It was a bit of a funny joke, and we all stood there watching Jacob and, and two, two of the boys from the other church going, and, and I was like, they won't do it. They won't do it. Trust me, they won't do it. And uh, my dad goes, one of them will. I ended up with three of them ready to drink the can, <laughs> which is a bit concerning, but none of them did. But Jesus would be willing to go through the five pairs of dirty socks for you. Jesus was actually willing to go to the cross for you because he wanted that separation that was caused at the very beginning to be torn into two. The veil was torn from the top to the bottom when Jesus died because God wanted a relationship with you. So that's the recap. Now we can move on to the actual talk. I'm just going to pray quickly. Thank you, Father God, that you called us to be in that relationship with you, Lord. And you were willing to send your son down to die on the cross for us. 
Lord, and now we just pray that we'll be able to open our eyes up to the things that you call us to do in our walk with you. We thank you, Father. Amen. So this morning we're going to continue on the theme. We've looked at very much how Jesus wants the relation, how God wanted that relationship with you, how, uh, how it all came about, how God sent his one and only son down to die for us on that horrid cross so that we could have eternal life with him. The verse I'm going to be using now uh, for the morning is uh, in John. It's in John 14, verse 12, if you want it. Actually, let's all go there. Youth, I've got my Bible this morning. I've not, uh, not forgotten it. I forgot it for the first two meetings on the trip. It was sat in my bedroom. Um, it was enjoying the warm bedroom, <laughs> as opposed to the cold rooms. Not the shower, though. If you're wondering, Noah and I did shower over the trip. <laughs> I did. I don't know about you. <laughs> so John 14 verse 12 says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Jesus says that you will do greater things Tell me another one, Father. Go on. Hit me with another joke. My name's Joe King, but I bet you you got more jokes than I do. <laughs> Jesus tells us we'll do greater work than him. Let's just put that into perspective for a moment. He made the blind see. He made the deaf hear. He made the lame call. Sorry, he made the lame walk. Not call. Cool. <laughs> um, I think that's pretty amazing. What about you? I do this thing, crowd participation. That's pretty amazing. What do you think? Let's try again. I think that's pretty... Sorry. I'm cracked up on my own joke. I think that's pretty amazing. What about you? There we go. Jesus did these amazing miracles. And you know what? Those miracles are still happening today. Last week, Graham spoke about um, Lazarus. Um, And if you weren't paying attention to the slides earlier, uh, you can find that on Spotify and the church website. Jesus called Lazarus out of the tomb. He said he was only sleeping, because in Jesus' eyes, he was. What an amazing miracle. I don't very often go wake up unless they are, you know, to a dead person. I I pray for them, of course, you know, that, that... they get to, to be with the Father, but I don't very often see people raised back to life. Actually, I'll be honest, I've never seen someone raised back to life. Pretty amazing, too. I'm, I'm not saying that God can't do it, because God can do all things. But I would like to see it. How amazing would that be? So I'm going to tell you a true story now about a man who was really influential on my walk with God um, and my journey of faith. It's a true story, so I'm not going to use his real name. For the course of this story, I'm going to use the name Steve. If you know a Steve, I, it's a name I picked out of thin air. I don't... If you know a Steve, then great. Um, but this is a Steve that I don't imagine many of you will actually know. So, Steve was born just after World War II. 
He was born into a family which was involved in a really big gang. He grew up in this family that was involved with the gangs, and he also became a member of the gang. He ended up being involved in some serious crimes. Uh, I just want to interject here that he didn't ever kill anyone, he, but he was involved in some major crimes. He, his father then passed away. He then relocated to Australia, where he wanted to walk away from his life of crime, but thought, actually, no, I'm going to stick to it. So he continues his, uh, his life story in Australia, where he continues his crime, to the point where he actually becomes one of the most wanted people in Australia. He then relocates back to the UK, because his mother told him so. But he was still involved with crime, and he was as far away from God as, as you could potentially get. When he relocated back to the UK, his mum was working already. His mum moved back before him, and uh, she was working with a young lady who was about the same age as Steve. She was a Christian girl, and for, the, for a number of months, she just heard um, Steve's mother talking really negatively about him, and she thought, I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to see God move there. She eventually got to know Steve, and they ended up uh, getting engaged and getting married, um, and Steve found Jesus and was able to live a relationship with the Father through Jesus. Steve then went on to, past, uh, to be part of a church, to then pastor that church, to then pastor another church which he planted to leading, I don't know how many people, but hundreds of people to God through Jesus. This story happened about 45 years ago, but we are currently witnessing miracles happening today. Jesus is still at work today. Do we agree to that? Steve's wife was the one that stood in the gap for the miracle of Steve. Steve came to know Jesus and ended up doing amazing works. Not because of what he did, but because of what Jesus did in him. As I mentioned, we're, we're at a time in the church where we're speaking about a theme of miracles. And I've just mentioned, we've see, we're, we're seeing miracles happen. As we pray, as we stand in the gap for these. How incredible would it be to see water turned into wine? great party afterwards. How amazing would it be to see? As I mentioned in that verse, Jesus says, you will do greater things. Are we ready to stand in that gap to see these miracles happen? I feel a lot of us already are. Um, And there's miracles in every one of our lives that God can complete. Do we believe that? So I was going to put a piece of paper and a pen on all of your chairs. I forgot them at home. (laughs) Um, Can't be perfect all the time. 
But take a moment. Take a moment now as I'm speaking, as I, as I carry on speaking. Note it down on your phone. Take a mental note and then write it on a piece of paper when you get home. Where are you now in your relationship with God? What miracle do you want to see in your life right now? Maybe that's a healing for someone. Maybe it's financial trouble on someone's behalf. Maybe it's something different. I don't know what it is. And what I would like you to do is a reason I'm moving. I'm not just going for a wonder. Where do you want to be? That you can look back and go, that thing over there, that's where I was. I'm here now. Sometimes the miracle that we pray for doesn't always happen. My mum keeps praying for a Lamborghini. Thank the Lord he's not given her one. (laughs) So technically, he's not answered hers, but he's answered mine. (laughs) But like I said, I don't know what you're praying for at the moment. For me, it's the... (laughs) constant prayer that my mum never gets that Lamborghini (laughs) but what are we praying for what miracle do we want to see happen I've missed a note I think it's really important to mention at this point that sometimes we can pray for something and we can really really desperately want it but God doesn't answer it it's the most annoying thing in the world I'm sure we've all been in that situation and we're praying for something We really want to see it happen. God, I really want to see it. God, let it happen. Let it be. Let it be. And then we're five minutes later. God, let it be, please. Come on. But maybe God's doing something. We sing the song, don't we, uh, Waymaker. And even when I don't see it, you're working. But it doesn't mean we stop. We need to keep pushing into that relationship with God. Because the closer we get, the more we read our Bibles and see the character of God and get to know him in that relationship. The more we spend time praying and singing worship to him. The closer and closer we get, the more opportunities we could potentially get to hear the Father's voice. How amazing would that be? But I want to encourage you that maybe you're praying for something and it's not happened yet. God's God's not forgotten it. God's still got a plan for it. God still wants you to trust in him. However hard it may be, he's still got a great thing for it. So like I said, I'm just going to bring the pen and paper. Continue to think about that as I continue to talk. I'm nearly at the end. And we're going to do something different to end the meeting. Maybe, this is another option, maybe, just maybe, you're in a place where you're like, I'm good, God. I got it. Leave it to me. Maybe. Maybe God's calling you, though, to go step out on the water. I've got something great for you. Step out on the water. Trust me. I've got you. Don't go, I've got it. Go, you've got it. And trust him. And as you step out of the boat, maybe the waves are quite still. Maybe they're Maybe they're raging around you trust that God has got something for you we've all got something that we can be pursuing in God 
We all see him differently at different points. And sometimes at the same time, we're all seeing him differently. Maybe we've got someone in the room that's going, God, you're my healer. You know, Noah's got a cold this morning. Maybe it's more than a cold. He just said to me, I'm ill. And I was like, great. Maybe we need a healer. Maybe you're just lonely. Maybe you need a friend. God can be different things to different people at the same time. Is that right? Yeah, that makes sense. thought I got it wrong way around. <laughs> God has got something for you. He's got something amazing. He's got a plan for your life. From the youngest to the room to the oldest in the room, I'm not looking at anyone specifically, please, I'm just scanning the room. Um, God has got something. He's continuously calling you to press into him because he's got something amazing for you. This is the end and then we're going to do something. Jesus in Matthew 14:23 went up the mountain by himself to spend time praying with the Father. He later he also states in the gospels that he only did what the Father wanted him to do. What the Father did, the Son did. He then says, sorry, I've sort of taken bits out of the Gospels, just taken things that Jesus has said and did. He didn't say that he went up the mountain to pray. He did it. Jesus tells his disciples that they're going to do great things. We want to follow Jesus as an example. We need to press into him and as we press into him we will see these things happen that we were not expecting to see maybe you are expecting to see and that's amazing yeah. but we want to follow Jesus' example as we continue to walk with God, as we continue to walk um, in the footsteps that he's already made, as we continue to pray and have that close intimate relationship to him. It's one thing to have someone's CV in front of them. It's a different thing to actually meet the person. We can get to know God through this. It's an amazing starting point. But we need to press into what his real character is. Let's not step there again. As we pray, as we worship, as we seek his face, he's got amazing things for us. Maybe we will see lame people walk. We will see the blind see. Maybe we'll see the deaf hear. Maybe, just maybe, just maybe, one day you might see a dead man rise. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege it is be able to call you Father. Lord, we just pray that we can continue to walk on that journey alongside you. Lord, we want to just get closer and closer to you. We want to build our relationship with you. We want to be your bride. And as we see that, we're going to see the miracles that you do around us. And we pray that you just continue to fill us up 
and we'll continue to get closer and closer. Amen.